Hello and welcome to this month's self-care podcast, the first one. So I have some information uh, to share today created by folks much more intelligent than I who've done some research into the jobs that we do and how we can avoid burnout. So we're talking today about resilience skills, uh, which is a proactive skills-based approach to uh, preventing burnout rather than a I'm burnt out and now I should do something about it when it's kind of too little too late. So I'll start with a quote from the article I'll be referencing today. It says, for palliative care clinicians, resilience skills are likely as important as communication skills and symptom management as foundations of expertise. So welcome. We're going to chat about this. Grab a beverage of your choice, maybe some chocolate. If you're at home, get comfy. If you're in the car or between visits or tasks, just uh, take a few breaths here. <laughs> Unclench the jaw and shoulders. Lean back into the surface that you're sitting on. Wherever you are, you have worked hard today and this week, and you fully deserve to take some time for yourself. Pauses are crucial for rejuvenation and increased productivity. This time is just for you, and you can come back to it in chunks if you need to. So along with that quote I just shared, I'll share another from the American Nurses Association Code of Ethics. It says, the nurse owes the same duties to self as to others, including the responsibility to promote health and safety, preserve wholeness of character and integrity, maintain competence, and continue personal and professional growth. So that first sentence especially is very interesting. Um, you could easily substitute your role for the word nurse there. So the bereavement coordinator owes the same duties to self as to others, including the responsibility to promote health and safety, preserve wholeness of character, so on and so forth. So I hope this is uh, helpful for you guys today. I've forwarded an image of a tea box that accompanies this uh, audio clip, and it's a tea box has all these little compartments and there's two rows. The top row is represented um, in challenges that we come across in our daily work. So things that we tell ourselves, uh, little seeds that add up to burnout over time. And the bottom row is gonna be the resilient skills that we can learn in order to live happier, more fulfilled uh, careers and lives by extension. So I'm gonna jump right into it. Uh, each of these kind of segments will start with the challenge that we face or something that we tell ourselves or like a real struggle that we go through um, as clinicians, as hospice professionals, a common pitfall associated with that line of thinking, and then a resilient skill that we can develop in order to sort of protect ourselves from that and to build resilience in our work healthily without... Uh, burning out, right? Otherwise that would undo this whole thing. So the first of these is something I don't relate to at all. It says, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling numb. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I've never felt overwhelmed. Um, my workload has never been too much. I'm happy as a lark day in and day out. No, that's not true for anyone, okay? We've all felt overwhelmed or numb at some time. So the common pitfall with feeling overwhelmed or feeling numb or even depersonalized is trying to power through the next task, the next visit, the next charting, the next call, 
rather than taking a break. The resilience skill that you can start to kind of cultivate to become aware of this is to track that, that throughout the day. So when are you having that thought of like, I can just power through one more, Ooh, right? Keeping track of that and then choosing to take a break. You can take a break. You can set your timer on your phone for five minutes or two minutes or one minute. And during that time, say a prayer or a meditation, do some deep breathing, do nothing. That's my favorite thing to do. Set my timer and do nothing. And then when it goes off, I know it's time to get back to work. But during that time, I'm interruptible as much as I can be, right? And that's time is for me alone. And it actually is going to make you more productive, happier, when you're going back to the task and with a fresher mind um, and a little bit of a fresher heart, I think, too. So you can take a break. Uh, if you can, it'd be super awesome to do that several times a day. Two 15-minute breaks is often really helpful, research shows. The next clinician challenge is the statement, I am going over and over this case in my mind. We've all experience this, I think, with difficult family dynamics and personalities um, and things that we can't wave our magic wand and fix. So the common pitfall with that challenge is assuming that thinking more about it will produce a resolution. That may be the case, but oftentimes it's not the case. We, it's impossible to go into the past, right? So rumination Continuing to go over and over it in your mind is more detrimental. Um, it's not. It's likely not going to produce a resolution that you're not aware of already, right? And when we do that, we overlook the dangers of that, and it becomes a catastrophic thought pattern. So we're catastrophizing, right? We're making a mountain out of a molehill, and the resilience skill that we can build in order to kind of break that down is recognize that that's a distortion of reality, going over and over, oh, I could have done something different, I could have done this more, when in reality, it's very likely that you did everything that you could with the tools that you had at the time to the best of your abilities. And once you process the experience, politely setting it aside forevermore, right? So recognizing that that's a cognitive distortion when we're going over and over in our minds. The next is, the work I could do feels like too much right now. So maybe you're thinking about your dream self, all the things that you can do for a particular patient, or uh, all the ways that you can support a family, or maybe it's the beginning of the day and you're looking at your visit schedule for the day and it's just like way too much and your team is stretched really thin perhaps you're on your lunch break and you're looking at the tasks of you know administration that you have to do at your desk at the office and it's just like way too much taking a realistic stock of what you actually have on your to-do list and writing it down and getting it out of your out of your head and onto a piece of paper will help too but the pitfall with this is that thinking my doing more will always help also not the case, right? Um, when we want to do more and more and more and do this and do that and add this and I can do all these things for this patient and I want to do this and this and this for them as well, all of a sudden we're way outside our scope of practice and we're exhausted and we're burnt out. So kind of nipping that in the bud by going back to that, when that happens, like, oh, this feels like too much or like, if I just do more, I can fix this or I can, if I just do another thing, I can kind of, 
diffuse the situation or make a perfect hospice, hospice experience for this person, right? Um, and when we do that, we overlook actually how setting boundaries facilitates therapeutic relationships, the ones that we have with our patients, right? Or if you're in an administrative role and you're working in the office, setting boundaries helps facilitate better relationships with ourselves, with our coworkers, with our families, and setting those healthy external boundaries in writing or out loud, ideally, um, is a resilient skill that we can develop. And that will make you feel a little safer, like you have a measure of control over your life, like you're the one that gives you permission to know um, how much is too much for you and to be empowered to communicate that as well as setting your own boundaries in your work, right? In order to facilitate therapeutic relationships, which is more beneficial than just doing more because it will not always help. The last is the idea of I have to work at a pace I can't maintain to feel competent. Oh, sorry, this is the second to last. I have to work at a pace I can't maintain to feel confident. I, competent. I really relate to this because I want the validation of others. I want people to feel like I really know what I'm doing and I know my stuff and I'm well-read and I've taken the time to study hard and I have the answers, right? Um, however, when we fall into the common pitfall here of accepting a perfectionist assessment of what work is enough, it will never be enough, right? So if we can build the resilient skill of developing realistic expectations for our own performances, because we know what our limits are the best, and again, going back to you alone can give yourself permission for what realistic expectations are for your best performance, right? Because if you have the job, you're qualified, obviously. <laughs> so developing realistic, realistic expectations from inside, from within yourself for your own performance compassionately the last so i hope this has been helpful for you guys um look forward to maybe doing more in the future so take care peace and blessings y'all